Hello everyone. Um, so today we'll be having an interview with um, Mr. Olusegun Akapo, the co-founder and CTO of Opportunity Solutions Technology. Good afternoon, Mr. Shegun Akapo. Good afternoon, my brother. Um, so today um, we'll be talk. We'll be having like a thirty minutes interview with you, and just to like have an insight of how you started your business and experience and all the lessons you have learned in business. So my first question today is, um, how did you start your business? Can you give us a brief story of how you started your business? Wow. Um, quite an interesting story. We started uh, as Opportunity Tech um, far back in 2009. And um, it was very interesting because we started out as casually helping and assisting people to solve technical problems from friends, family, and local businesses around. Eventually, we decided to move it ahead and um, had to register a business name as Opportunity Tech far back in 2009. We actually started in 2007, wow. and uh, we were just doing it casually, like like an hobby, running around trying to solve problems for people while we are trying to do other things. We initially was uh, trying to help schools to solve the issue of registration of WAEC, NECO, and other uh, online related uh, registration. So eventually we started to officially register as a company in 2009, I think in March 2009, and um, since then, but um, moving forward to 2016, we had to register as a limited liability company, and um, and as at that point, we needed to also get our official office in Bagada, but prior to then, we were operating from some of our clients' office, where we use as an office, we have to negotiate with them to have just a, a sitting arena in their office, and then we use the company address as our correspondence, so that anybody that wants to come see us, they visit our client office and meet us there. So we're using just a, a workspace, just like what we have now, like the. Um, the co-working space and all. So we actually negotiated to have just two space in their existing office. So that really helped us a lot to do a lot of things and to cut down on costs of uh, initial startup as a data hmm. So, But to the glory of God, in 2016, we got a client that moved out of his existing office to a bigger office. And we were, we had to take up the three bedroom uh, apartment office as, as our own office. So that brought the expansion that we we're actually praying for. Mm, makes sense. Nice story, inspiring story. Yeah. Um. So my next question is, how did you um how you built your business organically from scratch? Which means that you didn't get any funding or grants from like outside or any external funding. How did you do that? Because I understand that for you to actually go a business in like 13 years and you didn't get any money from um, from the from outside um it's, it's very very interesting and um, it's another issue i think most of um the new and young entrepreneurs are having 
for we our model is a, is a different model number one as a, when we started out we tried as much as possible to run lean run lean in the sense that um, we were my partner and I were just two and we tried as much as possible to render all the services that we could and we grew our skill sets mm. now for services that we could not render we try to outsource and when we outsource we manage it with the client and without the client's knowledge that we are outsourcing the services for instance when we started with web design and all the likes we couldn't design website then so we usually outsource our our web design services but we went further to negotiate the services in a way that the the, the developers are not developing as if they were developing for a, for an end user so there was an ag- arrangement between we and the, the developers and furthermore what also helped our organic growth was that we realized that taking loan is good but at times taking loan might not be the best thing to do at an initial stage we could have gotten a loan or a funding to get an office at the outset but we felt that could be too much um, expenses that there's a way to go around it and one of the ways was the, what i said in my introductory speech where we liaise and discuss with our client that we already have retainership agreement with because we solve their IT problems. They, they always want to see us around. So we took advantage of that and asked them to give us an office, a working space in their office that will visit them as regular, as often as possible. So we can be in a client office, we can work from there for three days in a week and go to another client's office and work from there for two days in a week. So by so doing, we were doing businesses without having to spend too much of overhead costs. Although it affected the fact that we could not uh, expand uh, the business at that level because we could not have um, employed so much people to be in the same system because you'd be putting too much liability on the client. So, but they are already used to the two of us. So, anything the two of us cannot do, we outsource. So, we can bring the outsource personnel to the client office to render the the service. But it's still in the idea that it's still working for us. So, that helped us a lot to grow organically. And they, we got to the point that we really needed to get um, funding. We we looked out for it and all this stuff. But we sat down and looked again that if we could come up with the issue of uh, <clears throat> that was where we really focused on the issue of retainership initially we were not doing retainership we render one of services for our client and they pay us for every service that we render now I sp- we have opportunity of talking to a, to a mentor who was actually doing the retainership uh, stuff and I discussed with him and he said you guys are wasting your time why don't you discuss retainership with your clients let them have a sum that they will pay you per annum and um, at the end of the day you will render every other services that they have but it doesn't mean you cannot get more money from them but at least you are sure that this particular sum of money is coming in per, per annum mm. so that really helped us a lot because he gave us a sample of the proposal we did it we sent it to all our clients 
So we negotiated. The, the sum as at when we started, we had a client that I've been with for over 10 years. Mm. When we started then, they were paying maybe less than 150,000 per annum, maybe about 10 years ago. But it grew. Now they are paying some, paying some good money. So there is the potency in the business that it could organically grow if you are able to get more clients and if you are able to be more creative. And why we didn't get money again is that the kind of services that we render, we could have gotten loan or funding. We could have only used it to set up an office and employ more staff. And as a business, it is not you don't get loan to run on overhead. Hmm. You don't get funding and say you want to use it for overhead. It's a waste of resources. So if we have a project that is that we really need funding, we would definitely go for loan and every other. But if it is a project that is just to run your office as overheads, is 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 not worth it to get the funding on that. Because you'll be paying if it's a loan, you'll be paying interest on it. If it's a funding, you are giving out stake that is also taking a lot. But you might not need to do all that if you can generate the funds that you need yourself. So for we got help us to grow organically by taking advantage of retainership services and also proposing new services to our clients, our already retained clients. And they all knew that the retainership does not cover the new services in terms of maybe they are doing some purchases, they are doing some, so we are implementing a new solution or a new technology for them. They have to pay for those services as well, as long as we are also paying a third party. So that's one of the um, strengths that God has given us to deploy in our business. Thank you, Mr. Shegun. That was really insightful. Uh, so my next question is, you want you want a partnership. So what's your advice to other young entrepreneurs planning to go into partnership or those who are already into it? Because I know partnership is not really easy. And you were managing partnership for like, um, I think, 13 years. And that's a long time. It's not easy for you to really manage partnership business for so long. Yeah, talking about partnership, I think for we, it was good that earlier on maybe over 10 years ago we did a little study and a little research that most um, businesses in africa don't succeed because entrepreneurs try to do it alone they bear all the all the wahala all the liabilities and all the all the risk and we discovered that outside of this outside of africa one thing that makes young um, entrepreneurs to strive is that even when they get the ideas, they try as much as possible to look for somebody they can run the idea with. So for we, we realized earlier on that, or personally I realized earlier on that, the best thing I could do is to run a partnership. In fact, my partner, I didn't know him from Adam. I never met him before. It was an uncle or somebody that knew me so lo- so well and also had the opportunity of knowing my partner as well that said there's somebody that talks like you that thinks like you that shares similar ideas i think you guys can work together why don't you try and see this person when i met him when i tried to see him and i realized that we could work together probably because we share the same um, line of thoughts and um, it's, it's really really um, 
helpful because it it took out a lot of um, it took out a lot of risk on my head in the sense that most of the business risk that I could have taken or I could have run personally, there's somebody to share it with, there's somebody to discuss with. Even we made a lot of mistakes, we lost a lot of money when we are starting out. But the good thing is that I wasn't bearing the, the burden alone. So I will advise young entrepreneurs, new entrepreneurs, that are trying to run businesses that partnership is good, but the only thing is that you need to be careful who you are partnering with. Make sure that the person is also has something to bring on the table. Uh, it could it could be my partner is when I met my partner, my partner is not an IT professional. I am I, I, I have been an IT professional since 2007. My partner was not an IT professional, but I took it upon myself to train him in the line of discharging our service duty to clients. And he became an IT expert. We used to exchange that word. Ah, you, you are an IT expert. I'm an IT professional because he never had the opportunity to run professional programs on the, in the IT. But he loved IT so much. And he loves, he's a, he's a good manager. So I said, okay, it's not a problem. You have a good managing skills. And um, I have a good technical skills. Let's find a way to work this out. But you can as well learn the technical area that is not too too intense. So over time, he had to learn in on the job. And I can tell you now that he's doing so much now that I cannot even imagine he could have done when we met. So partnership is good. Is 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 good. I can recommend it for anybody, especially if you want to go far. I'm imagining if I'm the only one running this business, I would have probably migrated to something else. I would have probably feel like leaving the business for something else. But thank God for the partners that I have, and uh, thank God for his cooperation and for his support any day, any time. Okay. Um, so my next question is, I know you are someone to be that you run different um, side gigs apart from your business. How do you manage and balance your business, your business, your side gigs, and also family? How do you manage everything together? Uh-huh. That's an interesting question. Um, I think that there's for me personally there's uh, there's 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 this concept I use, which is my personal concept. My personal concept is that. The Bible tells me that I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. So I I realized earlier on that there are so many things, so many abilities that God gives me, especially because of my my brought up um, my Christian background and the church influence on me. I do a lot of um, church activities and church programs. So by default, I'm used to running stuff. If I'm not running my business, I'm either planning an event or a program for the church, for the youth fellowship and the likes. So my own concept is that there are three things for me, three phases of my life. Number one is my business life and my career. My business life, when I mean business life, I mean the running the the business, managing clients and the likes. That is one aspect of my of my life. Number two is my personal career. 
even while I try to solve clients' problem and I try to run um, the business with my partner, I also consciously took note that my career has to be in a progressive manner. So every year I deem it fit to run a course or a program. There's no time you see me that I'm not running a course or a program. I'm either running a course, running a program, or running either in the university. I actually started the business before I went to the university. So I was in the university and I'm still running my business. I could remember in 2000 and, uh, 2001 or 2002, we were deploying a solution for, for is it um, Owando? For Owando, through the evaluation uh, company. And I remember then that I was running my, I was in year two in the University of Lagos. So I needed to train the valuation company on what we have deployed. So I went there for the first training, second training, and I had an exam to write the following day. So I had to force the staff of the valuation company to come and meet me in Unilag. So I create out a space and I train them, put them through on the stuff because they were traveling to other states to go and take stock of all the valuation of Owando. So it was very, very inspiring and interesting for me. So that was because I paid so much attention to personal development as well. Mm. Up till now, I still do that. My business can be running. It does not stop me from developing myself personally. Now for the side gig, I, I love business. I love making money as an hobby. I just love making money as an hobby. So I personally do a lot of um, personal research to see the kind of business I can try out. Maybe casual businesses that does not really require too much time. Maybe uh, brokerage. I can brokerage a business between two people and make a commission out of it. Mm. I can. I just love to do that because each time I try to do that, I'm establishing a concept. I'm trying to understand what is working and what is not working. Mm. So I can. I can list maybe 20 businesses you can do in this season. I can just because I've, personally people will call me and ask what can I do, what kind of business. Also, if more people are calling, then there's there's need for me to look into it. So I took out time personally out of my business hour, maybe in the evening, early in the morning. I just create time to look into those things because I talk to a lot of youths, I advise people, there's need for me to also do that. And I like the concept of the fact that before I can actually to do something, I have actually tried it or I'm sure that it is working. Mm-hmm. So it helped me to, to try out a lot of stuff just for the sake of trying out. And eventually I realized that some of these stuffs can actually they are actually good businesses that people can sustain. So I just encourage you, if you are not busy, you can take up this um, business line and the like. So that is how I got into doing a lot of side gigs and all those stuff. I can do anything. I've sold everything. I can sell anything to anybody. Just because I took time to to do those things as, as fun and as obvious to me. So um, that was really insightful. Also, um, I learned so much from that. So my next question is: um, There's a new be- there's a new business reality out there now. Um, let's um, COVID nineteen. We all know is out. And so right now for entrepreneurs, what do you think entrepreneurs can do, or what, how do you think they can make better use of this period and succeed in business? Uh, is is a very interesting question. I think for young entrepreneurs out there, it is no more news that we know that business is changing or business have changed already 
and then for we too it almost affected us but thank god for the fact that we were able to quickly make some necessary changes um one thing i can encourage young entrepreneurs to do is to make sure that they they try as much as possible to be flexible in their business process when i mean flexible i mean that you try to to do everything possible if you are servicing a client your client is your priority if you are if you are if you are doing buying and selling or you are selling product you need to be creative and innovative about it talk to people do deep research there are so many informations out there there are so many there are so many organizations trying to help people to find a new balanced way of doing business but if you are in the service part of it for instance during this um, lockdown during the pre- the lockdown season and era like last month at the initial state of the lockdown most of our clients were engaging us for for the first 2 3 weeks we were seriously working and what were we doing we were trying to make sure that the clients that we have they they can work remotely without having to lose anything when i mean they need to have access to their files they need to have access to their data they need to make sure that their website is up we need to so there was a client we deployed um, uh, microsoft sharepoint for in the first 2 weeks of the lockdown they needed to work badly and there's no way they could work so we spent the whole of the first two weeks of the lockdown or first three weeks seriously focusing on our clients to help them to work in a remote um, way and the, there's another client that we were focusing on making sure that that's a pharmaceutical client is a pharmaceutical client so they could work they could go to the office but we could not go to the office so we need to devise a way to also focus on them to help them to work and also to communicate and collaborate with uh, uh, every other uh, every other people so i realized that if we were not um, dynamic enough to to consider what are the new ways we could imp- apply in doing the business we could have lost most of our clients so i want to encourage young entrepreneurs no matter what you do seek for more knowledge on dealing with uh, situations like this there are so several seminars that we've attended there are several events that we've listened to several podcasts several live stream events that have taught us how to manage seasons like this number 1 if you deal with clients your client is your priority you make them feel loved at a time like this you focus on them and i'm sure you you will still be in business Okay. Thank you. That was also nice. Um one thing I really took out from there is going deep to um to also discover what your client does not even know they what they need and try to look for ways to solve those problems. That was really insightful for me. Um so um, the next question is what's your view on pricing because especially when it is a service based um, business that you are doing uh, like you are in how do you think people should price? Pricing, pricing, pricing is a major problem. And um we when we started out we were having that issue of pricing 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 how do you charge this client how do you charge for your service how do you charge for your time and all those stuff mm-hmm. but there are standard pricing 
it's so unfortunate that in Nigeria, the world standard pricing really does not affect. If you, for instance, the nature of work that we do, if you bring the standard pricing into the into our business, most of your our client might not be able to, might not want to even do business with us. They'll say, ah, yeah, it's too expensive. So, but one thing that we, we try to do as a service company is that we don't have a standard pricing model. We, we charge you based on your need. And we try as much as possible in our retainership agreement with you, we do some exclusions. You know, earlier on I said that there are so many other ways you can make money from the client aside from the retained um, uh, fee that they pay you. There are services that cannot be, you render but it cannot be covered. So your ability to exclude what you should exclude in your terms of contract as a service and your ability to know when there's a change process, there's what we call change management. You have agreed on this and the client is bringing up one thing or the other. It has to go through a process where they will know that they are requesting for something new out of what you have already agreed and you'll be able to uh, discuss that. However, you might have to forgo a lot of things at the initial start, uh, stage because you can do so much for so little. The most important thing is to build the trust and confidence that your cl- for we, our model is, tr- trust is a very, very, very value, uh, key uh, value for us. If our client can trust us enough to be the first person to call when they have any technical issue or technical or IT, ICT or IT needs or demands. So we discovered that most of our clients, even when they want to do anything that we are not doing, as long as it's related to IT or ICT, we will be the first person they will talk to. Even when co- uh, competitors bring proposals and everything, they will still send it to us to review. And we said, we're already doing this for you. You don't need this. Okay, this one, we can add it. Okay, this one, we'll find a way that... So it gives us um, leverage and all this stuff. So we can, we may initially do it for free at the instance where we just introduce our service just to let them realize that we can actually render the service. But when we are renewing or we are renegotiating, we can review upward and uh, all that. So for, for pricing, there's no um, standard model for pricing. The standard model in Nigeria really do not work. You need to look at your clients and be able to negotiate with them. I have to go and do a course on negotiation where because you sit down with MDs and CEOs and management and they are telling you why they don't want to pay you. You need to be able to tell them why they have to pay you. Hmm. So you, as, a, as an entrepreneur, you need to read books on negotiation. You need to need, you need, it's very important. You have to, if you cannot negotiate, you cannot do business, hmm. especially in this part of the world. There is no one price fits all. Every price, every client has their price. A client that you can charge, for instance, maybe hundred thousand. A service you can charge a client hundred thousand for. You can charge another client maybe five hundred thousand for it. Hmm. And that same client that paid hundred thousand for it can, in the next two years, pay you one million for that same service. Wow. So depending on your ability to negotiate and to deal with your clients. Okay, um, that was that was nice. That was nice. Um, so the next question is: I know you to be an avid book reader. Um, why do you really read books? Why do you really read books? And if I may ask, what are the books that you think you have read in the past that have transformed you to become who you are today? The word reading, reading of books cannot be overemphasized. I think um, you cannot, um, in fact, my, my, my principle is, uh, is divided into two. Number one, I have it as a principle to make sure I'm running a course every three months. Hmm. So if you see me every three months, just ask me which course are you running now. I'll give you an idea of the course I'm running now. 
It doesn't really mean there have to be certificate courses. There are just free programs or free courses you can run just to get more knowledge, more insight, and more, uh, more develop and enhance your skills. And there are some that you can do for certificate purposes and all those. In fact, all the certificates I've had, I've had. I've, I've, nev- I've never used them to go and look for any, any, any job. But in fact, to, to interest you, most of our clients, they, they find it hard to believe that. <laughs> we, we, I don't even think any of them have even asked us for our qualification and certifications and all this. It is the ability to deliver that is key for them. And each time you are able to demonstrate that, they will just ask you, hardly would they ask you, which school did you go, do you have BS, do you have HND, do you have Masters, your ability to deliver. Ah. And your ability to deliver means that you must continually update yourself, you must read books on management, you must read books on managing staff, you must read books on business, you must read books on your skill set areas. So I have read a lot of books, but for motivation's sake, most of the books I read that actually motivated me. I read them in 2002-2003 when the, the moment I just finished my, my secondary school when I, I was working in a clearing and forwarding firm. So I took the first six months or the first one year to read some foundational books and I can recommend those foundational books for anybody or any entrepreneur to read as many times as possible. One of them, there are, I think there are about six or seven of them. but. One of them is uh, a book written by Robert Kiyosaki, Think and Grow Rich. That helped me to shape my mindset about thinking and about business and about making money. There's another powerful book I read, and I, I, I can't stop reading that book. Is um, The Richest Man in Babylon. The Richest Man in Babylon actually will help you to see the power of generating money and the power of investment, the power of saving, the power of keeping money aside for development and for expansion. It's a very, very powerful book. If you want to know how to manage money, if you want to know how to attract money, you need to read that book, The Richest Man in Babylon. There's another book that I read that is also very important. is uh, The Power of the Plus Factor. Power of the Plus Factor was written by Norman Vincent Pell. Norman Vincent Pell talked about that extra thing that every individual has that he or she does not know that he has that you can only bring it out when you are at the extreme of your life maybe when you feel that nothing is working when you feel that you have tried so much thing and it's not going just read that book Power of the Plus Factor it will propel you to see that there's something extra that what are those extra things that plus that plus that you have to do to the normal thing everybody is doing it might just be maybe going the, a little extra, maybe rather than sleeping by 9 o'clock, why don't you try to sleep, put an extra 30 minutes and use that extra 30 minutes to do something else or something new, how it could affect your life and affect your business. There's another book that is also very inspiring, Tough Time Never Lasts But Tough People Do. That book will help you to know that even when you are going through problems and challenges, it is just for a period of time. It knows condition or no situation lasts forever. There's another book that also I, that I would recommend that I love. That book make uh, that book will help you to relate and manage with people. You know, in terms of communication, understanding people from the kind of person that you, that they are. No one person is the same. Everybody you meet 
they, they think differently, they act differently. The fact that your a client is behaving this way does not mean all your clients are behaving this way. So I read a book that is written by Tim Laher. That's the four temperaments. That book is talking about the different kind of people that are existing, how you can relate with them, what are their traits and attributes. Uh, I think I read that book alongside Understanding Your Spouse Temperament, which also talks more on how to relate with um, the opposite sex and all those stuff. So those books will help you to enhance and widen your horizon on dealing with people and relating with the business environment as a young entrepreneur. Now, going forward, by the time you you can also read the seven habits of highly effective people, you can also read um, um, some business, uh, other business review books, Is they are there, you can have access to them. And also, there's this series of uh, uh, books, Rules of the rules, yeah. There's the rules of work, rules of life, rules of uh, management. Those books rules are of money. rules of money. Just take those books, they are, they are basic principles. Those are the things that you will consult with every time and every day to help you to, to manage people, manage yourself, and manage your time. There's also a book about um, um, there's this book that that talks about how to how to make it okay okay that's for consultant if you are into consulting and for how to make it big as a consultant is another interesting book that you can also if you are doing service um, service business a service based business you need to read that book as well hmm, nice sense those are really nice books um, because i remember um i took um read that product from your library uh, when you, why were at um friday lagos and it's really changed my life it was really the book that made me started thinking about business so the next question is if you could go back in the past how would you do things what would you do differently what would you change uh, okay. if i could go back in the past what i could have done differently is Number one, I know that everybody is encouraging that um, we should be entrepreneurs, young people can come and start business and all those stuff. But one thing I could have done differently is uh, I would have probably not started when I started. Mm. I could have spent like, um, I knew I was going to start anyway, but I couldn't have started so early. I could have um, had the opportunity to work if possible in related fields i could have probably work in get more um experience like working in a more standard environment it could have helped us to to grow faster than because i realized that you can only move your business to the level of what you know so so many years ago if i had taken out more time to say, let me work in. Uh, I, I was. I, I worked in some IT companies. If I had worked with more, and probably not focusing. You know, when you are working as a technical person, you are only focusing on the technical, technical thing. And you find yourself starting a business. It's beyond just your technical knowledge. You need people management skills. You need emotional intelligence. You need. You need to relate. You need to understand cost sales. You need to understand marketing. So working in a, working for so working for maybe for extra maybe three years or four years or even five years could have um, really changed a lot of things maybe make it more faster much so i would encourage our young entrepreneurs as much as you want to launch out you want to start out do it do it but beyond making money seek knowledge 
in running a business you need more than just making profits you need more than just making profit if you want to be in business and to continue to be in business and to and to and to stay through the test of time you need to understand a lot of things if you need to go and run that was what informed me to go and run business admin in unilab you need to go and run a course in management you need to run no matter how i pursue my technical skills and technical knowledge i'm also running some um, administrative courses that will enhance your management skills and people relations skills you need to think the way the management are thinking management people are thinking you need to think the way ceos are thinking you need to think the way a bank manager is thinking you need to think the way a, a an md or a ceo of any uh, any client office or, or any business you are in how they are thinking because if you cannot think at their level you cannot relate at their level they will, they will usually send a lower staff to you now most of our clients they prefer to talk to us they prefer to talk directly with us rather than talking to some of our staff not i mean the mds and the ceos because there are so many things that we could have understood that we can understand without stress and all those stuff and not all your staffs can actually relate at that level so it's very very important that you take out time to improve on those areas of your life as well rather than just be interested in making money um so the last question but not the least um, what's your advice for young entrepreneurs that are about to start out in business or that are in business in this generation and time, what was your advice for, for them? this? For this, um, for young entrepreneurs, one thing I can I, I can advise is that um, anything is possible and everything is possible. Number one, if you have an idea, idea is not enough to start a business. You need to walk through, think through your ideas. If you are having challenges, once you have it clear, look for somebody you can share it with and. The most important thing is that if your idea is good enough to solve a problem, let the, let the problem-solving skill be a foundation of, your, of, your, of what you do. Don't just do things because you want to make money. Everybody will make money at one point or the other. But you have to make sure that you are solving a real problem. If you are solving a problem, you continue to make money. Number two is that you have to slow down don't you can you if something is not working you just go back look at it if you have to withdraw some certain steps actions or anything do that and make sure that you are making a decision at any point in time a, a wrong decision at times or a wrong decision most time is better than no decision if you don't make a decision it's very very dangerous but if you make a wrong decision and it doesn't work out you will learn from it and you will move on and not do the mistake again Oh, Mr. Thank you, Mr. Shagun, thank you so much. Um, we are really had a great time with you. Thank you. Uh, we really shared a lot of insights. Thank you yeah. so much. Yeah, you're welcome.